0: This particular episode was recorded a little while before lockdown and pandemic and the likes, so you'll find that that doesn't get addressed in this chat. What we do talk about are things like women in business, issues and obstacles that may be faced, networking skills, getting investment for your business. I am joined by kindness warrior Michelle Pittman-Martinez and additionally joined by my co-host and additional guest, really, Aida diaz Rojero. So I do hope you will enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Loki Podcast with John Ball from Present Influence. We use Buzzsprout to upload and distribute the Loki podcast to all major podcasting networks. If you're thinking of starting your own podcast, check out the link to Buzzsprout in the show notes. You could start your podcast today. Today, I am joined by my guest host, Aida. Aida, please say hi. Hello, everyone. If you've tuned in before, you'll know that Aida was my very first guest in the podcast. She's come back today as a co-host slash guest as well, and we are joined by Michelle Pittman. I'm happy to be here. Oh, founder and CEO of a company that captures kindness and helps students to make a positive impact in their communities. Over 35 million service hours and experiences have gone through uh, her business X2Vol and her company is inspired by her father 11 years ago. And I wrote on LinkedIn that that's 11 years ago today. Is that right?
1: Yes, December. It was December, so not too long ago we hit 11 years.
0: Fantastic well congratulations on that. Michelle I'm very excited to have you with us and Michelle and I have known each other for a while although we haven't spoken for a few years because in my coaching practice Michelle had been a client of mine and she's been a very wonderful client to have had in the past and I'm really thrilled that she's come forward and offered to be a guest on today's podcast because I know that there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff to share.
2: So maybe I can first ask you Michelle what is
1: it exactly that you do? I um lead a company. We have a team of 10 people and we've developed a product that allows high school students to find volunteer opportunities in their community. And they can track all their hours through our platform and all of their experiences. And then they attach it to their college applications. So we are in schools and districts across the U.S. and in Canada. Nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Fantastic. Michelle, tell us a how, how did you come to that? I know you say it's inspired by your father, but how did how did what you do come about?
1: Well, I have, my background is in database marketing and technology, um, specifically around project management, and I have been doing that for many, many years. And so, after a while, you know, it's a lot of um, focus on how to sell more product, and the psychographics and the demographics of the audience and after a while it kind of got to me and I thought you know I want to be I want to use these skills um, and talents that I have in a different way to really connect people um, connect the hearts of people with opportunities to make a positive impact. So um, instead of trying to convince people to purchase more products I wanted to be able to convince people to make a positive impact um, and give them the opportunities to do that around in their community and make it very specific. And so we started with um, high school students who have a requirement. A lot of students, almost 90% of high school students in the United States have either a service requirement or a service recommendation for graduation. And so I thought, well, With my software background, this would be a good opportunity to gather people who have that uh, similar background as as I had um, in terms of developing platforms uh, and use that experience and those talents to create a platform that would uh, bring people together.
0: One of the things that uh, one of the things that we discussed in advance of uh, getting together today was about a little bit about raising money from investors. What what has been your experience in doing that?
1: Yes, well, when I started the company, we were self funding, so we were bootstrapping. We were pooling our money together in order to build the platform and create a proof of concept, and that worked well. There were five of us; we put our own money in. We got to a point about a year into it where we needed additional funding. So we went out to friends and family. Um, but in software, probably in any business, uh, you get to a point where you needed—you just need that additional funding. It need, you need a lot more than you think you need, first of all. <laughs> yep. And, and um, it needs to be coming in on a regular basis until you're, until you have revenue coming in to cover your costs. And so we got to a point after about a year and a half or so where we um, were getting low on the funding from our our friends and family. And in order to go to a larger scale, um, we needed to really look at bringing in some additional capital. So,
0: Is that yeah. something you'd ever had to do before, approach people for investment? So, so no, how did it feel I, when you had to do when you realized you had to do
1: that? I had never run a company before. I had always been a part of a team and led large groups of um, people, but I had never run a company before, and so raising capital was definitely not something that I had ever done before. I had no experience in that. It's kind of daunting too because you don't really know how much you need. You work with what you have. And so a lot of times you just have to be creative with the amount of, you know, funding that you do have um, and work within those constraints. But I knew that we were going to need more and more um, because there were more things that we wanted to do and we wanted to to be at a national level. Um, And my experience was working with large scale national clients, um, global clients. And so I knew that that was not inexpensive. That was Take a lot of money.
0: <laughs> how did you How did you approach going in to, to reach out for investments? What How did you set yourself up to, to do that?
1: Well, um, I really didn't know where to start, and then um, I didn't have a, a wide network of people who had experience doing that either. So what I did was I went to our local angel network. Um, i I live in Dallas, or at the time I lived in Dallas. And we have a lot of resources around Dallas and uh, we, we did have a large or we still do have a large angel network. So you can go and pitch your idea there. Um, so I was connected to some people in the na- angel Network. The other thing that I did was I had no experience as a CEO. Mm-hmm. I had experience as leading a team, right. but I had no idea of what being a CEO meant. And so I uh, reached out. Um, and was connected to um, an organization of worldwide CEOs and became part of that. For all men in my group, I was the only female, I was the only startup. And it was the best experience that I could have asked for because they were so helpful. They all ran, you know, multi-million dollar companies. Um, And so I had that perspective just jumping into it all. So I had I belonged to a CEO group, so I could start learning about what I needed to do, and then I was developing the company. And then through that process, connected to the Angel Network, um, pitched I pitched there, and we had a really positive response, but I turned down that um, opportunity for funding.
2: So if you were to think about the skills that you had at the time and the skills that you had to build... Which would you think that were really critical for your success at the,
1: at, the, at the time? I never really felt like I had any skills for CEO or or leadership at the time because I didn't know any CEO, I didn't know any females that were CEO for sure. Um, but I think the thing that that I did have was that uh, project management background. And project management is really wide in scope. So you manage people, you manage budgets, you manage timelines. And um, it's really just one project that you're working on um, at a time. And so I kind of, I had that background, a lot of experience in that background. And I thought, well, you know, that's the way I'm going to look at this. Because this is a project, it is a business, but um, I know the project side and I'm going to have to learn some of the other skills that I don't have or bring in people to help offset what I don't know. And that's how I built my team. And it's really about the team because there's no way I could have done all of that, but I knew what pieces we needed to get it off the ground.
0: Great. With, with doing that. And one of the things that uh, I've talked about in a few other podcasts before now is that when people have had to approach investors, And I know for some people that's kind of a new thing, but I do also know for some of the people who are tuning in for this, it's something they may have to do at some point or really even just pitch their business or a product. Are there any pointers that you might offer or direction that you Mm. could offer people that might help them in putting together a pitch?
1: Yes, there are a couple. First, um, you need to talk to your network and, just let them know what you're doing. And by network, you know, I mean, just anybody that you know, and it doesn't have to be going into pitch mode. Every time you see one of your friends, it's more like just describing what you're doing and, and letting them know where you need help. I think when you kind of put that out in the world, um, you tell people kind of what you're looking for or, kind of skills you need, the kind of capital that you need. They will connect you um, in ways that you can't really plan for. And that's what happened in, in my case. Our um, our investors in our funding came from uh, me talking to people. I was thinking at a bigger level, like I need to go pitch at the Angel Network, which I did. Um, but then I thought, well, I need to talk to more people but what the way that my funding came was by talking to people who I knew they connected me to other people and one. And our funding came from someone that I actually carpooled with. And so it's not really a path that's a repeatable path that I can tell everyone, go to the people you carpool with and raise all your capital. But in my case, um, it was a friend of mine who was a uh, senior level at a banking at a bank. And they said, you know, I really want to connect you to this person that I know. And I said, I carpool with that person. And he, like, Oh my gosh, you need to talk to them and just tell them what you do. Well, I had been carpooling with this person for at least a year, maybe more, but we never talked about business. We only talked about our kids And so when I talked to him and approached him, um, he was like, yeah, show me what, show me your financials, show me what your projections are and let me make some phone calls. And from that, um, that's where all of our funding has come from. So he brought in a few more people and then we've been able to raise $5 million over the course of time. And those investors are still with me today. Uh, we didn't need to go out to a broader audience um, from a capital raising perspective. They said we're going to be in it for the long run. They saw how naive I was when I brought the plan to them and I said, I only need this much money. they knew because they were experienced investors, they knew that I was going to need more. but they knew that up front and I didn't know that. They knew what I didn't know and there's so many so many things that have happened um, in running a business that have kind of just unfolded in that way. If you surround yourself with people that have a lot more experience and you're just really open um, and just kind of, you know, allow the help to be there, it it just kind of shows up for you.
0: There's a, there's a book I love uh, and I read it I read it a, a few times now. It's called The Luck Factor by uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Richard Weisman. And one of the things he talks about in that book is that um, you pe- people create more success when they when they build and grow their network. And one of the ways that often people find themselves having more luck, if you like because we take the principle that we create a lot is by talking about what they do, which is, which is your story is a great example of just by having those conversations because you just don't know who, who you might be connected to or who you're talking to might be connected to. And so in talking about these things, you create the opportunities for other people to make those connections uh, on your behalf as well. And so like, oh, okay, you should speak to this person, but to find out you were already connected and comfortable with the person who was uh, became an important investor, yes. that's incredible.
2: That just resonates with the story that you and I discussed in the past where you, know, you have you a have very fine balance between pushing your product or your business to people and being out there the whole time and then not talking about it at all for it to go into a year before you actually mention someone who could be an investor. I think that's a, that's a really difficult line to manage.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people also think they have to kind of make it by themselves as well. So I, mean, I think it's important. I sometimes you do uh, and you will grow and you will do much more, much quicker with help from other people, especially if you have a kind of business that can go for investment. So great. So some really good pointers there on on investment. And you mentioned that you were uh, a woman going into a very male-dominated environment there. Uh, And I guess in in some senses, a lot of the business world still seems that that way. What, What has been your experience as a woman in business? Any particular things, any particular challenges, or any particular benefits that have come up for you?
1: I think, well, I've always been like the sole woman in technology because I a long time ago and I've worked for large companies like IBM and EDS and some of these larger um, technology companies in my past. But um, I think the very consistent thing up until probably five years ago or so, maybe 10 years ago, was that you are underestimated 100% of the time way back then it's changed so much now um so many women are in technology today and you know you see a much uh, stronger balance today in business and in um in technology in general but it's we still have a, a long way to go but what i always tell people is i wouldn't be able to be where i'm at today without the support of all the men who have encouraged me because the men are still in um, the capital raising world. Uh, and you do have to do things differently um, for raising capital or communicating. Um, even in board meetings, those are different. My relationship with my investors is probably a lot different than um, if I were male. Um, but it's not a bad thing, it's just the way it is right now. Um, so I don't have anything like negative to say about um, the way the world is, but I do see that it's changing in a positive way. It's getting a lot of attention and um, there are groups I did attend, um, it's uh, called the Women's Startup Lab in Silicon Valley, and they really focus on helping women get their businesses going, help them to find funding, help them to speak in um, you know they, the language of business and Converting an idea into a business and what that means. So, um, and they're they're just a really strong network of of women. But I think there's a lot of opportunities for women. So I would encourage. I, I wouldn't want anyone to say, "Oh, I'm a woman. I'm not. I can't do that." Because today I, I just feel like women and men can do really anything that they put their minds to. And um, you know, if you go in with the right attitude, and like you said earlier, John. You can't do it by yourself. Um, that's one thing that, that is really, I really know for sure because um, it takes so many people um, and it takes so much work that it's just really, really, I think it's almost impossible to do it by yourself. If you want something at a really large scale and something to be very like impactful, I don't really know anyone who has had a lot of success and been the only person to do it
0: all. Mm-hmm. I personally
1: don't. I mean, y'all may know someone, but. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, what, what, in your opinion, uh, might maybe some of the greater benefits of, of more women coming into technology?
1: That's a good question. I think in technology and business in general, um, women bring a different perspective. And when I was part of the, the CEO group, um, that when I, when I left, I stayed there for a few years and I gained so much insight and knowledge. Um, but when I did leave, they said, we're going to miss you because you really looked at things a different way. You looked at problems and issues in a way that we really didn't see. And so that's the benefit. I think that it takes a balance of men and women. It also takes a balance of experience. Um, so you have people who are maybe new to a technology or an industry and you have people who have been there for a while. And um, that goes, that's the same for hiring as well. I feel like teams need to really have that diversity in thinking and that's what women bring to the table. There's a really like hot and current
2: discussion in Spain with about women in leadership and it's becoming very political in a way mm-hmm. that I don't find it positive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more about, you know, pushing women all the way up. And forgetting that it's about diversity and how things should be more equal and not just. And yes. I, I can I can relate to a lot of things you're saying, uh, because I think here in Spain we are behind,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. And there's
2: some of the things that have happened in the US are uh, probably going to come into Spain at some point, and I think they're just speeding up really quickly. And do you mm-hmm. have any advice as to that balance? How we can make make you know make sure that. It's it's in a positive way the way that we help women grow and be more present.
1: Yes, I really like that Um, the description that you have of you know of it you know trying to push women to the top because here in the United States we have that in every area like sports and business and like every area they're trying to like make sure there's such a, a balance which is good but it seems like in the beginning it swings really far. Um, and it's like overly exaggerated in the area, in the way that you want it to go. And that's, um, that's not good either. I think it has to, it goes that way, but then it ends up coming back and it's balanced. It's more of a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's just maybe natural, like when, it, when change is happening, um, there's so much focus on a particular goal that it just kind of seems to swing in that direction a little bit heavier in the beginning and then it'll come back. But I, I do feel like it it does need to be balanced. Um, otherwise you get a a large group of women, for instance, maybe, you know, everyone is just pushed up to the top and, and then they're isolated and you really don't accomplish your goals because you really have to have that teamwork and that, um, mindset where you're helping each other and you want each other to succeed. um, No matter if it's just, you know, from a political standpoint, if you've got an idea, you know, and it just swings to that side, you really need the buy-in of everybody to make it work. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just a lot of that understanding, you know, of what we're trying to accomplish and then helping each other get
0: there. You're, you're in a, a leadership position in your in your business and in the business community from what you do. What is important to you or what are your values around leadership?
1: I think um, for me, it's really just uh, inte- honesty and integrity and just encouraging um, people to do what it is that they are best, like finding those skills in people and helping them grow in that area Um, we have team members that have been with one of them just she was my very first employee and she just celebrated seven years with us Um, and so it's just being able to uh, find kind of or see in people what they really um, can do their potential and then and then building a team around that so For me, it's just being really open and honest, um, and letting people know what you're trying to achieve, and then also kind of just living that yourself um, and being really transparent. Those are some of the things that that are the values that I have.
0: How would you describe your style of leadership?
1: Oh, that's a good question. (laughs) I don't know if there's a name. I'm sure there's a name for it. I just don't know what it is. But, um, I think that, um, that I really want to just, like I said, just encourage people. Um, I don't really know the term for it, uh, but I'm more open. Um, I'm more trusting if, if somebody wants to try something, I really support that. Um, we just do, we experiment a lot in our company. We try things, we try programs some of them work and some of them don't. And I encourage people to try things in, without the fear of failure. So I, you know, we don't know exactly what is going to be the silver bullet that makes our company, you know, explode with growth. And I mean, nobody does, it, but if you do the same thing over and over again, you're really never going to get there. And so I encourage a lot of abstract thinking and a lot of creative problem solving and, um, you know, we celebrate wins and we celebrate failures because there's learning in both.
0: Yeah. So you're quite a future thinking, but also very nurturing coaching sort of leader.
1: Nurturing is a really good word. So yes. I mean, I would just say um, we're really, I don't know. I don't know. It's not normal, but I don't think, but it's sort of coming from just this loving place. um, And you don't hear that word in, business that often I don't think I mean people have it but they don't really express it and I really just want to, um, to have a team that feels comfortable that enjoys working that being there and just they have that that just a good balance of um, being at work and then being at home and then having that energy and bringing that back to the office um, to just help us grow and, and we have a really good team. Um, that really supports each other, respects each other, and really encourages um, each other. We also um, understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we make room for people to have that open communication. So when something's not going right, we have those conversations, difficult conversations with each other, but it's not in a negative way. It's more of in a growth uh, mindset way.
0: Did, did you actively seek to put together a team that had a lot of different strengths and uh, and, and weaknesses? I guess go with that as well, but uh, that had a, enough diversity there to be able to cover uh, a lot of areas.
1: Yes, I uh, in the beginning, you know, hiring was was something that it's you know part art and part science. I think you know you want to find people. Um, who can do the job with, and have the right skills. but um, And that was important to me. But because our platform was new, it didn't really exist before. And so I, I knew we could teach the skills that we needed, uh, but we just need to have the right person who was interested in learning. So um, we find people that have experience in a particular area, but what we look for is that um, just – the kindness in a person, um, the openness and the, the respect and the willingness to challenge um, ideas and opinions in a way that um, creates new ideas. So um, just, yeah, I mean, and it hasn't been perfect along the way, but, um, but we've gotten better at it and in the hiring process, we include everyone. Every single person is part of the hiring process because we're small. If we had two hundred or three hundred people, there's no way it'd happen. But um, but since we're so small, um, you know, you learn a lot about people when they're being interviewed by someone kind of in a lower position than them. You see a different side of that person. So I'll interview them, and then um, you know they'll they'll interview with every single person in the organization, whether they're the person is um, a receptionist for us or whether it's um, somebody in in technology and they're interviewing for a marketing position, every single person has to interact together in a small company. And so you want to make sure that there's that common level of um, respect uh, for other people's opinions.
0: Yeah, you need the interpersonal uh, communication and cops to be running as smoothly as possible,
1: right? Yes, yes.
2: Earlier, when you were talking about being the only woman in technology and in that CEO group, I was thinking back to some similar experiences. Where in the past, I've you know, I've always been very outgoing and straightforward and direct. And well, you know, the Spanish culture is a little different to the American or the English-speaking culture, as you can imagine. But I've uh, felt that I was a little bit criticized. Uh, because I was being so direct and straightforward and confident about where I thought we should go in, in strategic company goals. Have you ever experienced anything like that or felt like that you, you actually had to get into that role to fit in with the rest of the men
1: or not really? Yes, I have felt like that, but I am not that, uh, direct. So when I came into the group, um, you just notice a difference. <clears throat> so they, and I could tell that they were, they were sort of inviting me to participate in the conversation rather than me right. saying, okay, here's my ideas. And I'd like to take a few minutes and just go through these, you know, things. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't as direct. I'm still not really as direct. Um, hmm. I get my ideas across, but it's, um, it's not as forceful, I guess. Uh, I am passionate about what I do, but I totally understand what you're saying. And I think that that, that, you know, way of working could uh, be attributed to men and women. It's just sort of like a a way that you work. You know, it's it's part of who you are.
2: Um,
1: No, I think I felt, um, I haven't felt criticized in that way. Um, I felt more like walking away from a meeting that I didn't express myself. Uh, right. opposite. And then I felt like, oh my gosh, you know, I had this idea or this opinion and I never had an opportunity to share it. So that's what I've had to overcome. I, I, I feel like I have overcome that where I need permission to speak to a larger group when it's, you know, it could be anyone like a large group of men or just a large group in general, but um, I kind of can break into that. But I also recognize it Um, in other people more now I can invite if I notice that someone's not participating um, then I will say you know what are your thoughts Uh, do you have something to add I try to include people more because I saw that in myself Um, that wasn't that was not a positive thing that I had but I I wish I could have you know been more like you Uh (laughs) well <laughs> I mean, we all have our
2: experiences and our learnings, you know. I've had yes. some from mine too. <laughs> Put myself down a little, which I don't like to do, <laughs> but but sometimes you just have to. Oh,
0: yes, yes. I too I I, uh, I sometimes find that thing of not always uh, piping up and when speaking when, when I could say something and letting more dominant personalities. Uh, often ones that are full of hot air, really. Yes. But uh, <laughs> le- letting them dominate uh, and just sort of keeping keeping quiet when actually I have something valuable to, to say. Uh, and I am one of those people that I don't re- I don't like to speak unless I actually have something valuable to contribute to the conversation as well. But then uh, I also, you know, maybe I was just brought up being too polite in, the, in my English background of uh, not interrupting people um i think sometimes we we can always do to be a, li- a bit less polite mm-hmm. and, and a bit more uh, assertive in in getting across yes. right it
2: has the word um, being a present influence isn't it it is
0: it is okay. it's part of uh, it's part of the influence and persuasion skills one of the things that i i do believe is that especially when you've done you've done 11 years now in your business you you have to become uh, the kind of person who can achieve that because you don't you don't necessarily start out that way. Who do you feel, other than uh, having to speak up a bit more, who do you feel you had to become in order to get to where you are today?
1: That's a really good question. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I I still wonder that. I mean, I was I was wondering that um, you know yesterday, and I was asking one of my um, employees. You know um, about mentors, like who is their mentor who Who are they? You know, who, how are they growing? You know, and I think for me, there I really couldn't. There wasn't one person that um, that I wanted to like be, but from a role model perspective, it and you know, it was a combination of like Mother Teresa and Sun Tzu it was like a warrior and like a loving person. That's the kind of person who I wanted to be. And I still want to be, that's the, I want to be a combination of those two. <laughs> and I don't really know how to explain it. Um, but I do there, I just am always thinking like, is there like someone exactly like who I want to be that's out there in the world today? Um, and there are a lot of really great leaders out there. And I love to read about them there. I love to read about their stories and how they became who they are. But um, I'm still looking for, for that, for just someone, you know, kind of out there that, that would, um, that would be that, that exact person and that that's probably my problem is I'm looking for that exact person, (laughs) um, you know, to, to kind of look at as a role model and, and uh, I'm probably need to widen my scope a little
0: bit. Yeah. I think it's, is role models are useful and, and they can help with modeling, but ultimately I think you, you do have to make the role model what you imagine to be your best version of yourself. And, and for you, that sounds like that sort of uh, the kindness warrior, which would probably be the title of your book. If you ever write one. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's good. <laughs> the kind warrior. <laughs>
0: yeah, I like it. It has, it has a ring to it. Excellent. Now, One of of the things that is really important, and we talked a little bit about network and and how important that can be to success and not getting there by yourself. How do you feel that you have particularly nurtured and and grown your network? Uh,
1: Well, I have tried to um, just bring together people in different areas. So not just technology. I think that, you know, try to participate in a lot of different things in a lot of different organizations so that you just kind of have a, a bigger view because, um, technology, I, I feel like is just something that is an enabler, you know, it, it enables your thoughts and ideas so you can, you can really do anything with technology now today. Hmm. Um, so it's like, what is your concept? And so I think being involved in a lot of different different things, um, meeting different people and participating in, in different organizations. I also like seek out partnerships um, for my company. So we've got several different partnerships. And I think that coming together with, with um, adjacent kind of companies that can you can help each other a lot. And so that's what um, that's what I've been doing too, to grow my network is just like reach out. Um, to other companies that that um, could either we could help them or they could help us in, in some way and then um, just get to you know get to know them and sometimes there that's not a possibility but they know other people so it's just constantly reaching out and being very intentional about reaching out to people and getting to know people and I think that's that's something that I'm always working on like I'm not great at that but I think it's something that that you have to be really intentional about because if you don't then just time goes by and and you don't really grow in your network or as a person or as a company
0: from, from the conversations that I've been having as part of this podcast, uh, and even just in in general in life, the people I talk to in, in leadership positions, the people who are CEOs and um, sometimes motivational speakers or whatever it is they do, uh, who have great uh, great leadership experience uh, and authority. And um, nearly all of them say almost the same kind of things that you've been saying about. Nurturing people, looking after, uh, encouraging growth and development, allowing people the space to to try stuff out and to make mistakes without feeling that that's going to put them out of the job and and really giving a a nice growth strategy to that. Now, helping others, I know, is a a key part of what you do. Do you say that is that your number one value in business?
1: Yes. I think, you know, that it is the purpose of our business, it's our mission, you know. To connect people to help each other, but we also do that, you know, internally as a company. Um, so it that is, yeah, that is that is what we do. So um, yeah, thank you for shaping that in a way that <laughs> that is reflected back because um, that is that's so important. Just you know, helping other helping other people, but then our students that are using our platform, they're also reflecting on that so they're going out into the community they're helping other people but then part of what they do is they reflect back on how they were impacted or how they were transformed so when you help someone it's not always you know just the impact that you're making on that person it's also changing who you are inside and the more you do it the more you're helping other people the more um, they benefit but the also it changes your perspectives um, on how we're all connected.
0: Are, are there any particular stories that are from your, your students and uh, experiences that uh, that you are particularly delighted by or thrilled by?
1: Uh, yes. There is one. Um, there is, a, a, it's an all-boys school here in Dallas and um, they, he's a musician and this was several years ago so he's already graduated but he, Went in during Christmas time, he would go into a palliative care um, facility. So it's a facility where um, there are terminally ill uh, patients. But he would bring his instrument, I believe he played um, violin, and he would bring a few other people in with him, and they would play music for the families of the person who was in the, the. facility. And so there was such a positive response to that because it was so calming and it was just from his heart. And so um, he ended up forming a nonprofit organization um, and bringing people um, to the palliative care facility over and over again, just to play music, just to kind of have that distraction for the family. That was something that was calming and loving. And um, I love that because that's a student, and there there are so many stories. You know, a lot of the students they will go and um, they'll help build a house for a family. Um, it, we have Habitat for Humanity here. I don't know if y'all have that.
0: We don't, and, we don't have it, but I've seen you it.
1: So um, they allow students to come and help build a, a house, and so they're learning skills, and they're actually helping a family, and they're part of that whole process, and. That's something that they take with them. So that's what I'm noticing, you know, across the board is that students are out in the community, they're helping other people, and then they're learning about the different ways that they can help other people. So even beyond high school, um, as they're becoming adults, they know that uh, there's a place for them, you know, just in the community to help other people.
0: That's great. So the kindness ripples out. I love it.
1: Yes. Yes. Did they say learn that-
2: about it. Oh, go ahead sorry. The basis of your company is to connect students' desires to do something in the community with possibilities that exist
1: out there for volunteer work? Yes. Um, I wanted to like provide a platform where they have their own interests, like things that they're, they're interested in learning about, or maybe they just like animals. Maybe that's all that they know is that they- animals well in the platform they can find an opportunity to help animals or they may know something on their own so they may go to a shelter an animal shelter and help there or a, a you know a, a boarding area for for animals they could help there um, but it's just kind of they just expanding their knowledge around what's available Um, because here in the U S the example, when I started the company, um, the example for volunteering for students was picking up trash. That was like the only like volunteering was picking up trash. And I was like, no, you know, we have to expand that because students are, they have so much, um, passion for helping in different areas. And so we can't like contain them to one thing, like picking up trash. It's got to we have to expand everyone's mind on the impact that students can make. So they're doing okay.
0: things. One of the things <laughs> that is particularly important in uh, the whole service and contribution area, and I, I coach people in this area a lot I, and I have done over, over some years now, is that is I think it's a critical area because one of the things people underestimate is their ability to make a difference yeah. and to be able to have that kind of influence uh, and I think when we talk about influence and persuasion, I think kindness and compassion and the sort of you know, growth mentality and mindset there uh, are really some of the core elements of of positive influence. That that, you know, that there's nothing sort of uh, nothing to be skeptical about with it. There, it's not any kind of like just trying to persuade you this because I can. It's like this is from the heart. This is. Really, what what's inside you, and spreading that out to other people, and hoping that they take that and do something with it as well, and and push that on. Because you know, when when we can help each other solve problems or create solutions, I think anything becomes possible.
2: Well, it's also what you do as you coach, right? Yeah, in, in a way, in my
0: in my coaching work, certainly <laughs> is. Uh, I think is one of the for me is one of the most critical areas. But on an individual level, that's primarily because. Um, people can start to connect with their ability to make a difference and their ability to have an impact on other people. And and certainly for people going into business, it's important to know that, to know that, okay, well, you do that by giving people what they need and helping them in some way, solving a a problem or creating something that they may not have even realized that they need but they benefit from. And and those are the sorts that, that, for me, is a great business mindset and mentality to have. And that's why I love that that's where your business uh, started off from right? with that kind of reach out.
2: As you were talking earlier, Michelle, about networking, I was thinking that you're a good example of doing some networking. And I was thinking back to myself. Now I'm going to ask you something, but wait. Mm-hmm. I was thinking back to myself, uh, you know, I've I've been in Palencia in this city for a year now. And I've also tried to create a network or to meet people, just meet people. So I go to tons of events. And yesterday it was just in a, at, a, at an entrepreneurial event where there was you know, there's this big fashion company in Spain you might know it Ganso you may you may, to may to know Spain. okay well never mind and um, I didn't know there was Spanish because they're they're all over the world and it's a it's a male's brand so it's a brand for men and the CEO which is, was just standing on stage and I was thinking oh my god he just cannot talk properly he's he's not he he was mumbling he didn't have any slides. He was talking for about 30 minutes and by the end of his chat, I loved the guy because he was just so authentic. And as he referred back to some of the experiences he'd had as a business owner, I, you, it just resonated with what you were talking about, Michelle, how he made mistakes in the beginning because he didn't know, he, he, he had no idea that he had to, he should have actually surrounded himself by with people that knew about the market. And how he made a big mistake or they made a big mistake uh, as founders of the company, his brother himself, when they let in a big investment company to come in and, and actually give some capital. And you were also mentioning earlier that you had gotten or received some offers that you turned down. So I'm also interested to hear about that. But before I go and ask you that, I thought you could share some of your experiences networking with, with our audience.
0: Um. Yeah, I and mean, it could be a whole podcast episode in itself about networking, and it would probably be a good one to do. And sure. for For me, I have multiple networking experiences. You probably do yourself, from, uh, and I'm sure you do too. I do. And one, one of the things with that is there are good networks and, and there are some not so good. I don't like the networks where you go and people are thrusting a business card in your face and it's like, you know, buy something off me. I, I did speed networking a couple of times and really hated it uh, and you know, it's just really just somebody trying to say essentially throw me some business throw me a bone here or, or, or buy my stuff yourself and uh, never, i never liked that it was very high pressure and i thought if this is what networking is uh, i'm not cut out for it it's, uh, it, does, it doesn't suit me at all since i've been in spain I, i've discovered better ways to network <laughs> so I, I do quite well now we have the Toastmasters network we're both a part of that and so Toastmasters International is a great network yeah. and and not just here in Valencia but we meet people from other clubs uh, in Spain yeah. and uh, some of the uh, competitions and conventions you know, the the network is, is vast
2: that's how we met Michelle through Toastmasters oh
0: okay we each other and so not just that, I've discovered some business networks where people do come and genuinely want to have business friends and help each other out. And so, you know, the global business owners that I'm a part of is uh, a, again a nurturing network, a friends network where you come and connect with people, not to get recommendations necessarily from them, but to have that as a bonus, but to have mm-hmm. that outlet and the, the network and the second degree network of who they know and that kind of comes back to our, what we talked a little bit about earlier about having those conversations about what you do so people can make the connections themselves not to sort of throw me your business or put me in contact with anyone you know but just to say okay well let them make the connections that, all right i heard somebody's int- might be interested in this you're the person i think they should speak to and and those connections happen that way. It's much nicer. It feels much more natural. What, what sort of relationship? You? Yeah, much more of a much more of a, a natural friendship relationship. <laughs> even if it is based around business, even if you don't have uh, that much in common, I, d- I do think particularly business owners, entrepreneurial kind of people, um, maybe do have at least have that in common, and that's probably enough of a hook to be able to share a lot of similar experiences and similar mm-hmm. challenges, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. Yeah, because if you're an entrepreneur, you're probably sharing that struggle. Yes,
0: <laughs> at the very least, it's not it's not an easy life. You know, I know from from times that that we've chatted before, you've not been without some uh, struggle in in your own business, and, and you got through that. How how? Let me just start without going into detail about what that was, but I know it was serious. How did you psychologically get yourself through that and, and remain positive about it? It must have been tough. Uh,
1: yes, we went through a period in our company where it was very difficult and very challenging. And that's when I was working with you. So you know all the details of that. Um, but it was, uh, I would say that um, it was a, a real bonding experience for our team and our investors. It was a time where we could have really been fragmented and the entire company could have gone away at that time. Um, But instead, we all pulled together and kind of backed each other up. But I would say, if I had to pick one thing, it was really just my faith, um, that belief in what I was doing, and the purpose of our company. And I focused on that. And I just um, tried to move forward with the resources that I had in the best way that I could. And just believe that the mission of the company was bigger than the challenge that I was facing at the time. And, um, really the way I say it and the, when it all ended, um, the problem ended (laughs) the last email that went out, the very last words were love wins. And that was, kind of what happened in that particular situation, it was really just such a battle um, for a company that was our size and so small and, and growing. Um, And for us to have overcome that particular challenge in our company's life was a miracle. And it was just something that, you know, that we'll never forget none of our team and none of our investors, but it really was something in the end that made us stronger. So I think some of the challenges that you face, you really have to look at yourself, and you have to say, "Is this worth the fight?" You know, "Is this worth the the energy that's going to be required to push the company forward?" And and what I tell people too is that every day you have an opportunity to give up. Um, there are way more challenging days than there are, you know, great, you know, stories. <laughs> so. Um, every single day is a decision to move forward um, with what you have and not complain or look at all of the negative things. It's um, seeing what you have to work with and pushing forward and it's not easy. And it really is every single day is a decision. And 11 years is a long time. (laughs) We're still still going and we're still growing and um, it's, um, I don't really see, there's not like a clear plan. That's the other thing too. A lot of people need a a plan and specific steps um, and milestones, but being a project, having a project management background, I know that you build a framework and you are working toward a goal, um, but the plan changes and you have to be able to move forward um, with what you have Uh, without having a specific plan and being disappointed. Because if you miss something along the way and you're disappointed and you can't recover from that, um, that's what's going to set you back. So you have to be able to just keep going forward and um, making a new plan. You have the same goal, but your plan may have to be adjusted. Resilience is such an important attitude to
2: have or value to have as a leader, right? Yes. Yes, resilience—that's
1: the right word. <laughs>
0: sometimes, you, sometimes you don't really know how resilient you are. Right? In fact, you probably don't ever really know how resilient you are until it gets tested, right? And you have to something. Yes. The things.
1: resilience and the courage um, that you never knew that you had inside of you—all those things are revealed um, along the way, and that's what makes life so fun. You know, it's just—I really feel like this is the reason why I'm here. This is the reason why I was put in the world was to do this particular company. So I'm just wow. thankful every day and, um, I'm thankful for my team and, and, and we all like, we all feel the same way that we're making a positive difference. Um, and things could have been done differently. You know, we could have done things a lot differently along the way, but it's only looking back that you can see all of that.
0: If, if there was a, a short message you could send back in time to yourself when you first started out on this business journey, what would it be?
1: Oh, <laughs> I think, um, you know, just don't give up. I wouldn't have revealed anything else. I would have just said, mm-hmm. happens. don't give up.
0: Yeah. And i tell you these chances, uh, these um, challenges before you get to them, you might not want to deal with them, right?
1: Right. I think me, you know, being so naive going into this and not having experience with another company or being a CEO, I think that has been a huge advantage for me because um, if I had known like some of these challenges that we would have faced or some of the difficulties, I don't know if I would have wanted to do it, you know. But when you're faced with it and you have to push through it, then um, you know I'm really proud of of what we've done and um, you know I'm glad I didn't have time to think about it in advance like sometimes you just have to make a decision and you have to you know you have to go with it so
0: we we do our best moment to moment yes (laughs) absolutely well, I mean, for me, it's a really interesting chat and it's lovely to hear. I mean, I'm thrilled for you that things are going well with your with your business and that you got through the tough times and that things are blossoming again for you, which is really good to hear. And that you're sending out so much kindness into the world as well. So I think what, what you're doing is wonderful. If our listeners want to get in touch with you or find out more about you, how can they do that?
1: You can well anyone can go to our website, it's x2vol.com um and contact me that way or through my email is pitman at intellivol.com. I'm
2: I'm gonna have to ask you to repeat your website because I didn't catch that.
1: Oh it's M Pittman, okay M A N at Intelvalcom So Intellivol is the name of the company and X2Vol is our product. And um but I'm also on LinkedIn for Michelle Pittman, and um, you can find me there too. But I would love, you know, to if anybody uh, has any questions about starting a company or, or just you know, I would love to help anyone you know if they have any questions. So
0: if um, there are any young women thinking about getting into technology who think they'd like to speak to you, that could be good. Yes.
1: Yes. And I have spoken to women, to groups of women and to encourage them. And, um, you know, really any, anyone, women um, or, or men, just, um, I just think that there's so much opportunity today and it's a great time to be uh, creating a business. So you really can do anything that you want to do. I have one, one question before we...
2: Just uh, it may not be at the right moment, but have have you ever considered internationalization
1: of the company, or is your market always going to be the U.S.? We were international, so we were in several different companies a few years ago, um, but the privacy laws have changed. The student uh, data and and privacy laws have changed over the last two years, and so we brought our business back to North America um, just because of the you know the legal reasons. But um, I would love to expand, we, and we did work in multiple countries before, so I would like to get back to that place. But for right now, um, just for the liability and, and the data, uh, so many things in, in and around data are changing right now. Um, the laws are, are really in flux, like they're trying, they're, you remember how we were talking about how things swing really far to one way yeah. right now? is one of those things they're really tightening down the data because they don't really know in what ways it can be used um, completely. And so the laws have really gotten gotten um, just kind of draconian in some ways. Right. And so I've pulled it all back because every country is different right. in terms of their privacy and their data laws.
0: I guess it'll all settle at some point and then you can see yes, yes. where the land lies and where there might be some room to move forward. But uh...
1: Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's just the time that we're in right now. Mm. So
0: Great, fantastic. Michelle, thank you for your time. Is there, is there anything you wish we'd asked you today?
1: Uh, let's see. No, I think you did a great job and I'm excited for you and for your podcast as well. I think that that what you're doing is you're just really you know, putting out a lot of information for people to, you know, really grow themselves. So thank you for that.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think it's it's super important. I want people to really find their leadership, find some motivation, find some value from all this stuff. And I think, you know, it's interesting that uh, just from doing these podcasts, one of the messages that does keep coming up over and over again is about being more nurturing and and really helping people, allowing people space to grow. And, but definitely having that resilience and never quit mentality in, in your business as well mm-hmm. and understanding that you know, we have to become bigger than the problems that are, that are come into our lives.
2: Yes. And that Thank is a very so. nice wrap-up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, Michelle thank you thank you for your time and for volunteering to come and be part of the podcast it's been a real pleasure chatting to you I thank you for coming in and being my guest host today as well thank you for inviting it's, us and it's so been a lot of fun
2: great to meet you Michelle
1: it's so good to meet you too thank you I hope
0: you've enjoyed the thank show you. tune in next time if you think you'd make a great guest on the podcast or you know someone who would please get in touch with us Today could be the perfect day for you to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, you have a message you want to share with the world, or you just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, it is. Podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed with all major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters like myself already using Buzzsprout to get their message out into the world. Find the link in the show notes. See you next time.